three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about feminism, feminist issues, and everything in between. You are joined by your co-hosts, Megan Hoharts and Kenzie Meekbeck. Kenzie, it's a beautiful day in Seattle. It's not <laughs> raining for the first time in 5.5 years. I know. Well, it was raining the whole way over here, and I'm looking over at the Space Needle because literally outside of her apartment, you can see the Space Needle. But yeah, it's not a bad view. It's no. pretty good. That's a pretty darn good view out of like the scheme of things in the world. That's pretty good. So I want to start off with a PSA, public service announcement. Okay, I'm ready. Lock your doors. Lock your doors, everybody, even if you don't feel safe. I felt so safe here. And I was downstairs waiting for you to let you into the front door. And there was a police officer talking to our front desk lady. And apparently there is a man who is sneaking behind people, which to get into the front door because it requires a fob, which I do all the time. If somebody is behind me, I'm not going to just like close the door in the front of their face. You know what I mean? Which I should, but I don't. And apparently this man is like sneaking in behind people Mm -hmm. and then going around and banging on all of our doors. Yeah, I guess you should shut it. I always feel bad. Like one person I knew in the city, I would always do that to their apartment because I didn't feel like waiting. So I would just sneak in and sit on the couch. (laughs) But I didn't do anything. I mean, it's hard not to let people in. But what are we supposed to be like? Show me your key fob. Yeah. Show me your ID that you live Why are you here? So everybody, I texted Des right away and I was like, we need to lock the door like nonstop. We feel safe here and we, we most likely are safe. But can you imagine how creeped out I would be if he, apparently he hasn't hit up our floor yet, but mm-hmm. I'm going to call the police ASAP. Spooky, spooky. How's your week? My week was good. Um, I The nominations for Picture of the Year out. I don't know if you know this about me, but I try every year to watch all of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture of the Year. Oh, no, I didn't. I thought you meant like, <laughs> I was thinking like in your office, like the nominees for taking the best photograph what? all year. <laughs> How did you come up with and this? You were, and you were like, I'm, I'm in the running again. <laughs> no. <laughs> The nominees are out, and so I'm starting to watch all of them. And so on Friday, we watched Get Out. Um, Oh, isn't that one good? Have you seen it? I have. It's good. It's up for Picture of the Year. It makes you feel uncomfortable, but in the best ways, in like the ways that you should be educated on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And then last night, um, my friend Allie, our friend Allie, um, and I went to go see... Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, was it good? That's it was a long good. title for a movie. It was a really good movie. Not I, to be critical, but that's a long title. That's the first thing I think of. So what's it even about? Is it about literally some billboards? So a woman's daughter was um, raped and murdered, oh. and they can't find who did it, and she feels like the police kind of gave up searching. And so she puts three billboards up saying... Um, Along the lines of, my daughter was raped and murdered. Nobody's been convicted. Why aren't you doing anything about it? With, like, the chief of police name, like, huge. Why are you not doing anything about it, Chief Watson? And so then it's, like, this whole story about it. Ooh. It's pretty good. Okay, I'll have to see it. Um, well, that sounds like a pretty good week. What about yours? I'm also nominated for Best Painting. <laughs> 
Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, no, Megan, I always forget. So on Tuesday, we recorded. On Wednesday, I did something. <laughs> <laughs> you probably edited our our video. Oh, no, I actually, I went to dinner with Jacob, which is my brother-in-law's little brother, Jackie, his girlfriend, her brother, and Aaron and Chelsea. Oh, perfect. For Aaron's birthday. And then on Thursday night, Chelsea and I cooked and we just relaxed and watched X-Files because we're rewatching all of them. Are they good? Oh, we love them. I don't think I've ever seen X-Files. Like the original? They're yeah. actually creepy. So what do you watch them on Netflix or Amazon Prime? They're on Hulu, but I think they used to also be on Netflix. They were last year or okay. two years ago. When I first rewatched them. I should I should watch them. They're pretty legit. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like jumping in when Chelsea's watching them. She watches them a little without me, but that's fine because I've already rewatched them in the past. So I'll just jump in whenever she's there. Um, and then Friday, we had a girls night and with some of our girlfriends and we just sat and talked. And then yesterday... Um, what did I do? I cleaned and then I did research for our podcast today and then went out and about in Kirkland. Oh, you know, just out and just about. Just out. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just out. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and then today we're recording the podcast. <laughs> I'm not extra at all. <laughs> I was just in Kirkland, just you know, just hanging out by myself, by minding myself. my own business. <laughs> <I'm alone. laughs> Perfect, like a creep. <laughs> I my weekend was similar to yours: movies, research, all that good stuff. So this podcast, we did want to do quite a bit of research on because mm-hmm. what are we talking about, Ken's? I just saw your notes and it's basically my friend. Of course it is. <laughs> um, it is about how there's been a spike actually in women running for office in the midterms. And that's great. So I thought we would start off with some numbers. Yeah. And then I did a little bit of research on um, a couple of the women who are actually running. Oh, awesome. Good, because I I did a lot of numbers research in like past history research. Okay, so you start off with the numbers and then I'll jump in with my stories on the two women that I researched. I definitely didn't do that. So I'll cover the basis and then you can go into them because that's awesome. But I wanted to kind of bring up why it's happening um, because of the recent women's movement this year. I mean, Megan and I, I think we're feminists before all of this started, but like it just so happened to happen after the first Women's March that we began this podcast. And then the Me Too movement happened pretty, well, a few months after we started the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of in this height of the time and uh, which is awesome to be doing this um, at this time. But so that's why there's been a spike in this general women's movement of the Me Too movement and the women's marches. It's just been a spike, I feel like, in a feminist movement recently. Um, so we, I also just want to personally pref, pre, preface, preface. Oh, my God, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> preface. Okay. 
<laughs> this is not about Democrat or Republican, but it's just about being equally represented as women in government in general. So clearly women are 50% of the population. So what is the breakdown in numbers? So from 2011 to 2013, it was at 18%. And I don't know how accurate this is, but that's on Wikipedia. And it remained around 19% from 2013 to now. And it's at around 19.8%. According to Rutgers, is that how you pronounce that university's name? Rutgers, yep. Rutgers University. And they have a whole center for American women in politics. Um, And this is where I'm getting a lot of my numbers today. 22% are in the U.S. Senate, though. There's six governors out of 50 states, which that should be at 25 if you're thinking equally. Um, And that's about 12%. There's roughly 20% of the women are mayors out of all the mayors. So according to a Vox article, in the past two decades, the U.S. has shrunk from 52% in the world for women's representation to 104. Dang. Um, According to that data that's compiled by the Interparliamentary Union, um, in this past year alone, the U.S. has dropped nine places. So that's pretty bad. Um, So how many countries total? Oh, 190 countries. So out of 190 countries, we're mm -hmm. ranked 104th? Yeah. And we're supposed to be, you know, our reputation, obviously, is what it precedes us in the U.S. But And what, so in turn, this was in terms of women who were represented in government? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, Okay. So I saw that you had the Times article, but I'm going to jump down to numbers so I won't step on your toes because I had a bunch of other numbers. So some of this is from the Times article. Some of it's actually from Rutgers University just in general. So around 80 percent or 80 women are looking were looking into running for governor in 2018, which is doubling the record for female candidates, which was in 1994 the last time. Um. According to Emily's list, which recruits Democratic women, around 26,000 have reached out this past year about starting a campaign. Dang. That's a lot. Um, Were you one of them, Kins? <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you see me running? Is that why you said that? I don't know. Can you see yourself running? Would you be my campaign manager? Of course. Oh, okay, girl. We'll see. Kenzie 2018. No, it's way too soon. Um, But not to completely ignore the realities of what spurred the movement, um, though, I didn't want to completely ignore it. And just we also have to look it straight in the face for what the numbers are. About four times as many Democratic women are running for House seats as Republican women. Um, The numbers of potential women candidates for U.S. Congress and statewide uh, elected executives. So right now, and this is courting, I found this on the website for the centers, um, what is that centers called, for American women in politics at Rutgers. So here are some numbers of who's running right now. So 50 U.S. Senate candidates, and that's out of a total of 100 members. So that's very close. If, but that would have to mean they would be all elected for it to be balanced. Every single one would win, have to win. Yeah, for it to be balanced, um, which is not going to happen. 403 in the U.S. House, not including four incumbent women. um, And there is a total of 435 members. So that's a better running rate, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, 80 for governor out of 50 states. 
Um, 24 for lieutenant governor out of 50 states, and they won't all be elected, so, you know. Um, and then 66 other statewide executive positions is how many are running. And then I will wrap up later with some other stuff I did research on after you kind of talk about some of those women that yes. I mentioned out of those numbers. So um, from the same Times article that Kinsey referred to, it's called A Year Ago They March. Now a record number of women are running for office. And I also um, did some research on the other women's march on Washington by Re Rebecca Traster from The Cut. So this was a good quote. Call it payback, call it a revolution, call it the pink wave, inspired by marchers in their magenta hats and the activism that followed. There is an unprecedented surge of the first-time female candidates, overwhelmingly Democratic, like you mentioned earlier, running from offices big and small from the U.S. Senate and state legislatures to the local school boards. So who are these women? They are doctors, they're mothers, they're teachers and executives. The first one that I wanted to touch on is Mai Khan Tran. Um, she is a actually a pediatric doctor. Um, she fled her home country of Saigon, which I believe is now considered Vietnam, at the age of nine. Wow. She worked as a janitor to get herself through Harvard University. What? She started her own pediatric practice, and now she is running for California's 39th Congressional District. Talk about that American dream. Seriously. But that's a lot of hard work to put into that. Go, girl. So I went to her website, which is drtran2018.com. Here's a quote. When I was nine years old, a U.S. Marine carried me from the tarmac in San Francisco. He was the first American I ever met. It was 1975, and I couldn't thank him because I didn't speak a word of English. Several months earlier, my dad had dropped my three siblings and me off at an orphanage in Saigon just before the city fell. None of us knew if we'd ever see each other again. I didn't know then, but my father's selfless act of love gave his children a shot at freedom and at a better life. What is she running for? She is running for um, California's Congress. 39th Congressional District. Awesome. So her story continues. Her parents escaped their war-torn country, and the family was actually fully reunited in Oregon one year later. Wow. So the parents came to Oregon. All the kids got back together and reunited in Oregon. And was she raised by her father, too? Yeah, by the, her oh. parents. So um, the family became farm workers, and they picked berries alongside mm -hmm. other immigrant families. Mm -hmm. To make ends meet, her parents would rent out the only bedroom in their house to a stranger, and the whole family would have to sleep in the living room in the kitchen. And she says they were poor, but they were safe. The government helped them out with food assistance and obviously public schools, and they got a lot of help from kind neighbors. She was admitted to Harvard, where she cleaned bathrooms and worked her way through school with Pell Grants and scholarships. She was then admitted to Dartmouth-Brown Joint Medical School Program with help from scholarships, federal grants, and student loans. And she finished her residency in pediatrics from UCLA and settled down in Orange County, where she has been caring for children and working with their families for the past 25 years. Wow. Um, not only all of this, but Dr. Tran is a two-time survivor of breast cancer. What? And she was able to become a mother in her 40s. Huh. 
<laughs> Neither of these would have been possible without reliable and affordable health insurance. This is from her. I would not be where I am today without the love and support of my family, but also the open arms of a country which accepted me as a refugee, helped me get an education, and set me up with my shot at the American dream. Now I'm looking on in horror as the very pillars of this dream are eroding around us. I'm running for Congress to fight for the dream that this country has always represented to me and to make sure stories like mine remain possible. Like I'm getting like a, a tickle in the back of my throat trying I got, not to cry. I know. And I, <laughs> as soon as I read this, I was like, this is a powerful lady well like it just also puts things into perspective like I've talked to friends and I've talked even myself I've said this several times where I've felt discouraged and like bummed that things aren't going the way they do but it shows to like never give up and you can still achieve what you want like this podcast and like you know just it just shows like this woman is proof and wow that's just awesome yep um the next woman that's running that I did research I wish I on. lived in California <laughs> so we can vote for her <laughs> drtran2018.com for our listeners in California go read her platform oh fun fact we have a bunch of people in Tokyo that listen what <laughs> what <laughs> really yeah what about California do we have at least one listener I don't know if so <laughs> but I was looking at the statistics and like seven times Seven or eight times someone's listened to our episode in in Tokyo. Shout out to our listener in Tokyo. We hope we would love to have you on as a guest. Yeah, call in. We'll figure it out. The time difference confuses me, but we'll figure it out. Um, so unfortunately, this next one is also in California, so we can't vote for her either. But Cal- is she also as much of a rock star? Yes. Wow. She, her name is Tatiana Mata. She is a public relations professional and a military wife. So she is actually a native of Puerto Rico, and she moved to Delaware at a young age to learn English. Now, her and her husband, Captain Eugenio Mata, a bioenvironmental engineer at Edwards Air Force Base, and their son, Kevin, live in East Kern, California. This is a quote from her website. There's a big Latino population that needs to be heard. People are not inspired to go out and vote. I think that that's where we can make the change. We're hoping to inspire people to join the conversation. And her website is tatianamanta.com. There you can find her stance on the environment, healthcare, education, immigrants, veterans, and the armed forces. So go check out two of these awesome ladies. And this whole Times article was awesome. And um, on the cover was pictures of some of all of the women who are running it's just amazing because it's um I don't know it just shows like how our country responded as a melting pot and what we can do you know if people are empowered and I was also thinking like I was so inspired by these ladies and thinking wow you know I I vote obviously but I um maybe don't do what I should do and it inspired me to do more and to and Megan I, for president. And then I started thinking like, you know, maybe politics isn't what I strive in or what my future holds for me, but maybe this podcast is, mm-hmm. you know, because even if 
we have five people who listen to this episode. Hey, guess what? There are five people that get to hear about these awesome women that are stepping up and running. Yeah. And whether it's men that can empower their ladies in their life or women and hopefully, but I think, yeah, I think it's good that we do content that might inspire. And I just want to like also say like, if you're Republican, I don't want you to feel isolated at all. Um, if these uh, those are your viewpoints and those are important to you, I encourage you to be like these women and you're, if you're a lady and to go out there and run and figure out what it takes mm-hmm. to do this, you know, you know, empower all women to fight for their dreams. And if you have different viewpoints than these women here, you should also go for it, you know, yep. be inspired. Um, so if you are interested in, and I know in getting involved either in politics or even running one day, I wanted to give you some resources to look at um, on how to become more involved because <laughs> even though we probably might not inspire the next female politician, maybe you're interested. Okay, so how to run and how to look uh, look for things. So there's several resources out there. A lot of it's actually on that. There's a lot of good things, not all of it, obviously, on that CAWP website on Rutgers University. So there's several programs out there. So there's Ready to Run, which is a national network of nonpartisan campaign training programs, which is committed to electing more women in public office. So besides Ready to Run, there's also New Leadership, which is a national nonpartisan program to educate college women about politics and leadership and encourage them to become effective leaders in the political arena. There's also a program for little girls called uh, Teach a Girl to Leave, or Lead, <laughs> to Leave, <laughs> to Lead, which is a project of the same university. Um, so to find out how to get involved with your local either Republican or Democratic Party organizations, like just maybe Google like the area that you live in, whether it be a big metropolitan area or a tiny community. If you Google that, oftentimes there will be your belief, your Republican or Democratic belief out there um, that you can search for and maybe become involved at the very least in those organizations to help elect people. Um, Let's see what else. So you can pay attention. So consume more information about your community. You can start a career in general. So maybe run for your city council and maybe just expand from there. Like, You know, you can make an impact in your community and your community is important. There's several people there. You make a big impact and give the females a voice in your community and you can get to know them. Um, Or you can work in the office of a public official, volunteer for a party and just ask other political female leaders how they got there. Um, Either way, either party, exercise your right and get out there and give yourself a voice. Love it. Thank you for the advice, Kens. No problem. Do you have a quote for us, Meg? Yes. It's from Hillary Clinton. Okay. The woman who got closest to becoming the first female president. Voting is the most precious right of every citizen, and we have a moral obligation to ensure the integrity of our voting process. So get out there in the midterms, people, ladies, fellas, and exercise your right. Kenzie, what's your positive thing for the week? Oh, gosh. I haven't thought about it. Um, that it's going to be sunny and in the 60s this week here. Perfect. <laughs> That's I a good positive thing. That is extremely positive. Um, my positive thing 
is I'm getting my hair done on Saturday. Look at my roots. They're crazy. Girl, I'm getting my hair done on Saturday. Are we going to do our photo shoot the next day? Yes. We're going to be so oh, We're going to be the prettiest blondes in all of Seattle. <laughs> um, we are not conceited at all. No, I'm kidding. And also the only blondes in Seattle. <laughs> okay. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>